0: so crisp a tasty bite-sized podcast that serves business bravery branding beauty sex love motherhood womanhood feminism labels psychology marketing messaging mavenry musicals and the mess we call life all deliciously dished up and ready to consume in fact is there anything we don't discuss not with jay crisp crow copywriting queen from crisp copy in the kitchen i hope you're hungry episode is brought to you by our delectable sponsors at the Rare Seed Agency. Elle Roberts heads up a team to assist you with business strategy, digital marketing, launch planning, team management, and guess what else? Podcast editing. Let Rare Seed support your everyday so you can focus on the work you love. Go to rareseed.com. Now, I started Crisp Copy nearly seven years ago, and back then, the consistent selfie taking wasn't really a thing. Or like maybe it was, and I was just a late but now prolific adopter. And I first spotted Elle Roberts online when she was touting the benefits of flashing your face all over the interwebs and I was like, yeah, ha, ha. nah, that won't ever be happening. <laughs> and look at me now. Um, and so that lighthearted introduction to Elle probably belies the depths of character, an endless ocean of compassionate drive this woman has. And gives to every single thing that she touches. She is an OBM. She's an event and conference owner. She's a twins advocate. She's actually one of the most relaxed and engaging speakers I've watched do her thing. And the best bit is she doesn't even know how good she is. Um, She launched a new agency in 2019 to a lot of applause. And super importantly to us, she is the potager for the So Crisp podcast. So from uh, the Artful Business Conference and events who bring together artisans from all over Australia to her work supporting social impact and enterprise projects, Elle is propelled forward by something that just seems to burn inside her. So today we're peeling back just a couple of the layers to find out what makes Elle tick on this very special final podcast of our first season of So Crisp. So I thought it's only fitting we have her on, given that she is the person that got this whole shebang off the ground. And we're talking about something that's really close to her heart, which is socially conscious businessing and how to bring social responsibility into your life and business. So I should officially say thank you for making So Crisp an actual thing, Elle. And have I missed anything out of the hats that you currently wear?
1: You are very welcome in regards to the So Crisp podcast. It's one of my favorite projects that I've worked on this year and um, so much fun every time. Um, I'm going to be absolutely rubbish and I have no idea what I'm going to say now because that intro made me cry. So thanks. Oh, Yeah, I love making people cry. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you've missed anything.
0: Okay, cool. Well, tell us in your words like what a socially conscious business is because a lot of us will be like, I'm so maxed out just trying to be a business. What is this Thing that you're telling me that I might want to think about being part of?
1: Yeah I guess it's the way I approach a lot of things in business in that um, I actually think that most people that are listening to the So Crisp podcast and that are in your networks and that are in my networks are running socially responsible and socially conscious businesses anyway. They just may not be aware of it and basically it's like having a business that's Trying to be a good person in the world and so if you're trying to be a good person in the world then your business probably is as well mm-hmm. but i think it's helpful to have like sit down and have a think about that so you can see how that fits into your overall business plan and both how you can use that in your marketing and explain to people what your values are and and how you're being your business is being a good person in the world but also like you can make small tweaks and changes to sort of follow through even more on your values if you're aware of it and proactive about it.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. So usually I make a little note that says, um, pull out the bit that says you're just trying to be a good person in the world um, for you. So yeah, Yeah. make sure that we put that in the show notes because that's a brilliant way to describe it. Because I think so many of us, I think for anybody who is struggling or starting out, and And you and I both know that starting out is not the only place that you struggle. Every single time there is a transition or growth, Um, uh, as my friend Lauren always quotes Denise Duffield Thomas to me, um, new level, new devil. Um, We know that. It's just a constant like you you get to the next spot in business and you're like, oh, I've made it here. Right. What's next? So it feels like if you're struggling that we can put the – socially conscious enterprise um, kind of concept in the box of it's only for famous brands because the rest of us feel so time poor and maxed out with just trying to run a business. So yep. you talked about some of the benefits that could be for the brand to, to use in your marketing. What can you kind of extrapolate on what are the benefits for the brand or business owner when they leverage their their capacity to do good?
1: Was yeah, that- if- it's interesting and I think like, you know, I know how you feel about the word passionate and authentic, for example, because those words are so overused and so twisted and manipulated in the marketing space yeah. and I think in, in many ways the idea of being socially responsible or having a socially conscious business uh, is headed down that same path and yeah. what I really want is for people um, and a word that I don't really love is the word reclaim, um, but I want people to like own this word in whatever version that looks like for themselves. It's Mm -hmm. not about doing it the way that what whoever else is doing it. This is about like whatever that means to you. And that's why I use the like be a good person in the world example. Um, Because I think most people that are listening to your show are in a business to solve a problem and to help people. And the fact that they get paid and they can make a job out of it is a byproduct of that. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, I think they're socially conscious businesses whether they know it or not. Um, But there are really strong advantages to sort of owning that aspect of your business and using it in your marketing and your messaging. Um, And I want to use the word messaging probably more so than marketing, because it's not just about like selling it. It's not Mm -hmm. about using it to your advantage, Um, but there are advantages in it in that like I, for example, have become a lot more vocal in the last couple of years about how I feel about feminism about how i feel about um issues of um marginalized people whether that be you know race gender ability body shape all sorts of things and for me it's not about using those tools as a marketing tactic Mm -hmm. but now that i've become more vocal about all of those things i'm working with more and more clients who also have that same values set and so I get to serve the people who are also running businesses that are trying to be good businesses in the world. And that just lights me up. Like, it's just so exciting. And it's um, given me a lot of confidence in my own socially conscious journey in that actually the more vocal I get about it, like the more refined my clients are and the more I can sort of own my personal set of values and and bring it to work with me and that's Uh really nice
0: uh, yeah, it is. I think we've been having a lot of conversations <clears throat> kind of in my, yeah, we community lately about feminism and and the right ways to do feminism. Um, you know that I really want next year to, because, um, you know, anybody who's listening, Elle and I have these chats where I'm like, what do you think about this idea all the time? Mm-hmm. Um, I keep throwing random podcast ideas <laughs> at her that are not going to be able to be monetized. <laughs> but um, but I really, like I want to talk about all the, the words that we use um, to define ourselves and intersexual feminism is one of those ones for me because, um, you know, this year I brought out a scholarship for the Chris copy class and I was trying to language the scholarship opportunity in a way that made everybody feel um, included without saying, basically by saying and saying, like you don't have to tell me all the details. Yeah. I don't need all the yeah. details. If you feel like you self-identify, like that's it. That's good enough for me. Write me a paragraph about what you're gonna do with this learning, that's all I'm interested in. Yeah. Um, but when I used intersectional feminism as a term, a lot of um, women in Australia were like, we have no idea what that is. And I was yes. like, oh wow, really? Okay, because this is something that we, that we, if we are An intersectional feminist we should probably know that we are so that we can connect with other people who feel that way too and that was a really fascinating moment for me when I realized that a lot of us don't have the language to label ourselves in a certain way so it's more difficult for us to find our people Um, but then I also love the concept and I think um, um, Deborah from the guilty feminist said it um, the best way that I've heard it said so far and basically that is if you want to do your type of feminism and I want to do my type of feminism, then neither of us are wrong, even when our feminism ideals don't meet. We don't need to battle each other. We need to, you work over there, I'll work over here. We don't have to agree about everything, but fundamentally what we need to do is rise up together, mm-hmm. um, not not necessarily working in partnership, but not going for each other either um and and I see that kind of happen online a little bit especially in um in some of the communities that I'm in like the disability chronic illness communities there is no wrong way to talk about lived experience because it's your lived experience yeah um and and so sometimes we battle ourselves rather than Working towards kind of a common thing. I've gotten so, totally sidetracked because it's no, I don't think you are that. sidetracked
1: at all. Because I think it's one of the reasons why people shy away from this. And yes. I've worked a lot in the not-for-profit space as well, um, both on a personal level and you know in my working life. Yeah. And oh my goodness! As soon as you put your hand up and say I'm trying to do something good, people will tell you all the ways that you're not doing it perfectly. Yes. And oh, that's no, so spot on. Right. And yeah. You know, but that's that's not the real issue. The real issue is this other thing, so why aren't you solving that problem? Yeah. And it drives me batshit because I just think like, why why aren't you out there having a go at the people that are admitting they're not trying to do anything good? Yeah. Yeah. And the people that are like, I just want to solve this little problem in my corner of the world are suddenly not doing enough.
0: Yeah. Because you can, right? Because you know what that feels like. So of course that's going to be the thing that you pick up and say, Do you know what? I can champion this. Yeah. I actually have something to say about this. And for me, like as you know, I've spoken to you before, I never started a business thinking that I was ever going, in fact, I was going to keep it a very shameful secret, any kind of disability or chronic illness, any yeah. tinge of that, I was going yeah. to keep so far in the background because um, in some ways I was fortunate enough to be able to do that, that no one could really tell unless they knew me. And the, the only reason that I talk about it now is because I talked about it once and the influx of messages about I'm so glad you said that because I it changed the way that I thought about speaking about it. it was so enormous that I was like I have this one tiny little platform and at that time it was you know just a little little plump woman on Facebook without even a proper website yet um, and I can make a noise about this one thing and show other people that are just like me that, that I'm the poster child for if I can do it you can do it. Um, so I, I love that you say that. I think that that's just spot and on. I
1: mean, when I started my business, <laughs> gosh, ten years ago now, um, I was absolutely, categorically, one hundred and twenty percent not ever going to write anywhere. I work with women in business. Yeah, right. Because I work with businesses, <laughs> and if they happen to be women, then so be it. Yeah. And and but over the like, we change and we grow. And over the ten years, I you know came to work with all sorts of businesses. And the more and more I worked with women businesses, the more I recognized that I can help them more because I can relate to their unique set of challenges and their slightly different way of approaching business. Yeah, I love that. Totally stereotyping, but now I'm all about working with women in business, and I'm fairly disinterested in working with men <laughs> Not because I have anything against men. Yeah, because I, I like know men my I love men <laughs> one in particular. I love him <laughs> but I I just know that like my lived experience my Passion the things that I can yeah. do in the world and the things that I can do businesses are going to help women in so many ways. And therefore I honestly believe that like, I know I've, bec- I've reached a point where I now believe women excelling in business is actually going to help the entire world. Oh, you yeah, know
0: that. Yeah. And so sure.
1: like, I'm much more, I'm better at my job when I work with women. But for the first couple of years I was very like, I wasn't a mumpreneur, and I know you've talked about mumpreneurs on the show and I wasn't about helping women. And I like, like who like we don't need all those labels like I'm just here for everyone yeah and and the truth of the matter is like I am more passionate about helping mums in business because yeah. you know how hard that is and there's an extra layer layer of challenge to that when you're a mum mm-hmm. and I'm passionate about helping women in business and over the years I've become more passionate about helping women understand financial literacy on a whole and take more ownership of their financial literacy at home as well as in their business. Mm. And, you know, And because my lived experience, obviously, in the last 10 years has changed and expanded. And yeah, I, I love that I can bring all of that energy to work with me. And, yeah, and that's, that's why I think it's important to acknowledge where you're at in terms of social responsibility and social consciousness. Like one thing I'll say is like environmental issues in no way do I not care about them, but they don't get me out of bed in the morning. And and there, there are other people who get out of bed every morning to fight, you know, climate change and the impacts that we're having on the environment and talk about all the things. And so it doesn't matter if you're a copywriter or a maker or whatever, if that's the thing that matters to you, there are ways that you can bring that into your business and share that through your messaging and then that just elevates what you're trying to do in the world to a yeah. new level.
0: And if you don't know <clears throat> if you don't know what lights you up yet, I mean most people if you ask them, they would they would say oh, you know, if I, could, if I could just work and someone would pay me, I would definitely work with all of these kinds of people. And so that kind of gives them a bit of a hint. And for me, I like I love what you said about relating to women. I always felt like I wasn't a particularly girly girl and like I was always friends with the boys and I always found relationships with men way easier than relationships with women. So it's really yeah. surprising to me that I've now niched into women. It's, <laughs> it's not so much about relating to them. It's more that fundamentally my driver is to amplify women's voices in the world. And they know that that's what it is. And if that's by teaching them how to write a sales page, I'm going to totally do that in my own little way. But I think if you ask yourself, like, what is the thing in my heart that's like, boom, boom, I have, I wish I had more time to be part of that. You can bring that bit into your business and be a bit of a champion for it. And you don't have to be a massive brand to be a champion, right?
1: Absolutely. And that's, and that's why I said the eco thing, because it can be like a fundamental part of your business. It can be how you set up your packages. You can have like set up, you know, a donation proportion of your profits going to a charity that matters to you. And like, there's so many things that you can do or it can just be about like, i have taken these three steps to make my business more carbon neutral. Yeah. And it's got nothing to do with like the delivery of the product or the impact that that has on the clients. It's about the internal operations of your business. And the reason you've prioritized that is because it matters to you.
0: Yeah. Uh, See, that's a really good segue because I did want to ask you about this because I know as a bit of a creative and uh, fluffy floof-floof bird, sometimes without guidelines, I can get really distracted by love jobs and like pour way too much energy and time and money and everything into them. So- Uh, from your like put on your OBM hat for a second do you what do you recommend doing to come up with a bit of a plan about how much time and energy and resources will go into the socially responsible parts of your business what do you think we can kind of write into our vision and missions to make sure that we keep coming back to it but that we manage it in a way that's going to be sustainable
1: yeah I think um like the first question to ask is like do you want to leave the world in a better place than than you found it and, and as Yes, I said, everybody anyway. in your car say, yes, Elle. Yeah, and I can't imagine anyone listening to the podcast that's like, actually, no, I'd like yeah, to do no. a little bit more damage. <laughs> um, we all know that it's damaged enough and we'd all like to leave it a little bit nicer than it was before. And so I guess, like, if you're making jewellery and you're making jewellery for women to wear to feel good about themselves, like, that's allowed to be your mission. It, yeah. it doesn't have to be about rising the tide of women internationally it doesn't have to be about stopping climate change it just has to be about like leaving the world in a better place than you found it and and for some of us that's like if one person wears my jewelry and feels good this morning then that's what I want to do and and writing yourself a, a socially conscious strategy or you know whatever you want to call it in terms of your own business is really about feeling into how far you want to take that and I would suggest similarly to like when you set goals and targets for like how much money you want to make and how many clients you want to serve, actually start with the end, like in an ideal world, like if I had a Richard Branson business and I could Mm. do whatever I wanted, what would that look like? And that's a really exciting, I mean, it can seem overwhelming, but just have fun with it. And it can be a really exciting place because it can sort of surprise you You know, like it might be that you instantly think like, well, I'd set up a charity for girls to, you know, get through school easier or I, you know, whatever the thing is like and for you, you know, you've already started doing more active things in that space of chronic illness and things that you mentioned. So if you like suddenly had Richard Branson's bank account and his time available to you and you could fly whoever you wanted over to Necker Island, like what (laughs) would you do then to make the world a better place? and then scale it back from there like obviously we can't do that like and and i've read lots of things i'm actually think richard branson was one of the people that said them was like don't create a plan to make 50 percent of your profits go to a charity for the first two years because all you're doing is yourself a disservice like this is very much a put your own oxygen mask on first. first yeah um but i can't then give you guidelines about where to start because that's different for everyone. And for me, like for a long time, it was nothing because I was too scared um, partly to admit to myself that I cared about any of this stuff. Yeah, right. And then certainly, you know, too scared to say it out loud. But also, I'm an all-or-nothing person, so it was really overwhelming. This is
0: why I love you. I don't do grey either.
1: I don't it's do black gray. or it's
0: white. We're in or we're out.
1: And you know, and my some of my own challenges with social consciousness is as soon as I've decided like one thing matters to me, suddenly I see all the things and all yeah. the problems, and I want to be like fix them all. And and so then it's like, well, I'd just go back in my cupboard and hide from it all. Um, but don't be overwhelmed by it. Like, just start with like so what matters to you like what's going to make a difference to you what's going to feel good for you to show up and Hmm. and that might be as i said like just writing a little bit more on your facebook page about the environmental choices you're making in the background of your business that no one would otherwise know about no yeah it it might be about you know well i'm going to spend put 10 of my profits towards this charity that matters to me um for me, like one of the things that matters to me is is domestic violence and, and talking about that and having conversations about that. Um, so I'm actually not yet implementing anything in my business other than I'm like, well, I'm going to use my platform to say stuff. Yeah. And and that doesn't cost me anything. It might cost me some followers, but seriously, I don't... Good. Care. Yeah, <laughs> I'm over that. Um, you know, and, and similarly, like women's choice... To safe abortion, like right to safe abortion, and things like these are polarizing issues. And and one of the decisions I made in my business was to use the public platform that my business has forced me to create for myself yeah. to talk about these things.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and that's really interesting because there are there are people like in our community, women in our in our community working at our level that say that that does not belong. That feminism yeah. does not belong in brand. That you should not use your brand to talk about um, the causes that you are um, really yeah. driven to support. Like, what do you? What do you think that that comes from? Is that just a fear thing? Do you think, or do you think that? Um, do you think we could change their mind?
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, some people like my like, and that I to that I you know, like I have family then that tell me that Facebook is not the place to talk about it. And then you have other members of family or friends that say that dinner parties are not the place to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, right. And so I just got to the point where I was like, well, where can I talk about it? And mm. and now it's everywhere. And, and where you, can
0: you talk about it that's going to make the most amount of impact for the yeah. people that need to hear it? Because really those people, you're not talking for them. It, that yeah. it's That's not your job. You're talking to the people who need to read that at that moment and think oh, I'm so glad that someone else is in my corner.
1: Yeah, and sometimes it's me that needs to read it. Um, <laughs> but, like, can we change their minds? I don't know, sometimes and definitely sometimes not. And so one of the things that I have learned is is having boundaries for myself. And I love getting into conversations with people and unpacking these issues. I mean, give me a bottle of wine and I will solve <laughs> the world's problems with you for hours. I love that. Um, but sometimes... The, the comment or the pushback is, you know, you know it's coming from a really different place. It's just trying to shut you down. They're not interested in learning. They don't want to teach you. They just want to quiet you. Yeah. Um, and so I don't engage in those conversations anymore. I don't have time for that. yeah um, I'd rather have conversations with people who, who are curious, whose minds I might change. And I do believe that we will change minds because mine has certainly changed over the years as I've learnt and, and grown
0: yeah that's a really good point too um so who do you, who do you think does it really well?
1: Oh gosh So many people um I love people who just wear their heart on their sleeve. Mm-hmm. Um, Ricky Jane Adams would be one. Um, mm-hmm. She is a, a intuitive intelligence trainer and mm-hmm. runs an institute of trainees um and she you know talks. Regularly about the the problems that happen in the spiritual community and the conversations that can cause more harm, and wants to really, you know, disrupt that because if we just take a minute and look a little deeper, we could all be helping make the the situation better, not worse. Yeah. Um, Sharon Holmes is absolutely the person who I get my inspiration from, and. Yeah. You went
0: to her panel discussion recently, didn't you?
1: Yes, in Melbourne. So she is an anti-racism advocate, I guess, is the best way to describe her. I would have maybe looked up um, a better, you know, her, the way she describes herself. The way she describes herself, yeah. If if I'd thought about it. Um, (laughs) But she you know and she says stuff that i don't agree with um she says stuff that i don't necessarily feel on board with but she's mm-hmm. probably the biggest inspiration to me in that she's so unapologetic about okay
0: yeah and that's a really good point isn't that a really good point because you can still learn things from people that you think i'm not 100% sure that i totally agree with your take on that one thing mm-hmm. as part of the messaging that you're giving out and the platform that you're choosing to use but i respect your um you're right to say it, and you're right to educate other people, and you're right to question me about it, yeah. um, in in the same kind of way that I also reserve the right to change my mind about any of the issues that you're bringing up.
1: Yeah, and, and as you said
0: before, we grow
1: up, we, we grow, grow up and business. we change, and we learn, yeah. and and I think for me you mentioned at the very beginning like you can't tell someone else what their lived experience is yeah and and the simplest example of that is i have arguments with my 10 year old son regularly because i'm a fish and i get cold at the thought of any (laughs) temperatures below 20 degrees um, which is why I live in North Queensland.
0: I was wondering where you're going with that. Oh, my mum always says, I'm a plant. I'm like, mum, get a boyfriend. Like <laughs> you, haven't had, you haven't had a date since dad left when I was seven. She's like, no, I'm a plant now.
1: <laughs> I love that. Well, I'm a fish and I yeah, cannot stand anything other than tropical environment. So mm-hmm. I'll often say it's cold and he'll say it's not cold. And I will say, well, actually I'll rephrase my original comment and that is, I'm cold and <laughs> you don't get to tell me if I'm cold or not. That's for me to decide. Yeah, right. Um, and I think, you know, in terms of how I feel about Sharon, as I said, some of the things that she says or some of the things that some of the way she views the world, I don't, I don't see it that way. But mm. I don't have the same lived experience that she has and so I don't, I don't question hers at all.
0: Yeah, so um, that is her world.
1: Yeah, and like you said, I, I'm happy to learn from her and I, from my understanding of our interaction, she's happy to learn from others as well and that's what matters is a, is a mutual respect.
0: Yeah. And so if we took if anybody who's listening to this is (laughs) gonna get off the podcast today and be like, right, I know what it is that I want to champion and I know what it is that I want to make a difference in and I'm gonna start doing that. What's the one thing that you think that we can take from today's conversation and start doing? Because activism is a doing word, just like writing is a doing word, um, Mm -hmm. that's gonna make a ripple of impact for our communities. What do you what do you reckon the first step is?
1: Um, tell someone, <laughs> Yeah. you can't, you can't do any of this as a silo, like you've got to tell someone and and that can be really scary. And even just messaging your friend or your biz buddy and say, I want to make X a part of what I talk about or how I show up in the world, um, can be really scary. So I would say start there because like maybe <laughs> broadcasting it to your Facebook page or your email list, you'll have a vulnerability <laughs> hangover, like you won't know what to do with, um, Yeah. So just start with, you know, your your closest group of friends and talk to them about it and, and see what they say. That said, be really mindful of who you're sharing it with. Like, um, God bless her. I love her. But I don't have these conversations with my sister because she would just tell me, <laughs> don't do it. Don't say it. Don't like yeah feminism isn't a thing so stop talking about it <laughs> so I love her and we have lots of amazing conversations but yeah and
0: she's one of, of your, she's one of your she's one of she's one of your business partners in one of your businesses right she yeah, supports she's, the, ev- she's the, the events
1: part of how I deliver artful business events absolutely yeah. and she I is feel- the
0: most delicious woman I've got to say she's the most warm welcoming <laughs> loving woman but yeah I you had told me about her so I just started a conversation with her about feminism <laughs> Um, just because I was like, "Oh, let's see how this goes," and she was so delightful about it. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I get that. There are some and people I will that you start pick conversations
1: with her, a bottle of wine in, and <laughs> Christmas lunch and things yeah. for the fun of it. But if I'm feeling vulnerable and nervous, yes. she's not the person I go she's to not. to say, yeah. "This is what I want to do next." So yeah. I just say, be really guarded about who that person is, and yeah. um, think about like, are they going to be on board? Because a lot of people. Um, will, you know, project their concerns and their worries and and tell you just to put that back in a box. And, yeah, yeah. so tell someone and then just do something small. Like it doesn't have to be big. Like I said, it might just be one Facebook post where you explain why that thing matters to you. Um, It may be that you're like, okay, well, I'm going to make a commitment to be more conscious about how much printing I do in my business. Like it doesn't have to be big. Yeah. just but like you said it is a doing word so if there's stuff out there that matters to you and that you want to have an impact on know that you can start now you can you just start small and grow from there and the more that I do stuff in this space the more it opens up um not only like obviously I'm get more excited about it and want to do more, but also you start to realize the ripple effects of just mentioning things, you know, like you said, your blog post about chronic illness, like you changed the world with that post. And you know that because people got back to you and said, thank you so much for saying it. Like I've felt like this and never heard it, you know, said back to me before I thought Mm -hmm. I was the only one. And so you've given all of those people permission to show up in a different way in their own business. So the ripple effect becomes more obvious once you start doing and it actually takes the pressure off. I don't feel like I need to change the world and do all the things right now because I know just by writing one post about domestic violence or saying one thing about abortion or having a conversation with one woman about financial literacy actually makes a difference.
0: I love it. I love it. I love you. I think you're fabulous. Thank you so much for talking about this thing with us. This is something that you know is so close to my heart. Um, <clears throat> this kind of the the one person can make an impact kind of thing. And it isn't something that I ever even, I don't even think I believed it until I started my own business and proved it for myself. And I think that that's something that take everything that Elle just said and and sometimes it's the same with copywriting. It's the same what I teach in the in the Chris Copy class. Is sometimes you have to do the thing and prove to yourself that it was the right decision. Yeah. Sometimes you can't know that it's the right decision until you've had a bit of a crack at it. Um, and from my perspective, it's really done nothing but pay off. And there, of course, there are going to be people that um, have heard my story and think, "Well, I don't really want to work with her." Then um, that's only a positive. <laughs> that's a benefit. Yeah. That's yeah. not a negative. <laughs> um, but thank you so much. I mean, I think. I could talk about this stuff with you all day and definitely next time we should totally do it over wine. See how we, (laughs) see where we get then.
1: Maybe a few more swear words if I had red wine involved. But um, yeah, like I, like one thing I'll say is, is sustainability is more useful than than a flash in the hand too. So like really be okay with starting small because if you're going to start small and keep going, then that matters more than saying I'm going to donate 50% of my profits out of this one sale to this one thing. Like just keep showing up and keep going. and Keep
0: being a good person in the Yeah, in the and world. as I
1: said, like the, the positive impacts for me have really surprised me. Like it's just made me fall so much more in love with my own business. Yeah, And, nice. and I feel like I can show up as myself more than ever before. I mean, yeah, like you said in the intro, sharing selfies and and being (laughs) that whole personal branding and and being your own quirky, silly self in your business was where I was at in my business five years ago. And I thought that that was showing up. But the last two years, doing more and more of this and bringing this into my business is like, oh, now I'm a whole person here.
0: Yeah. Well, i got to say the selfie things, they changed my world because I was like, oh, I could be the face of my business And as you know, being the face of my business and being brand J all of the time and totally 100% being myself has been the difference between plodding along as, as the average Joe copywriter to where I'm at right now. That's the only difference between me and people who are struggling, the only difference. So it certainly made a big difference in my world. I'm glad that you took loads of selfies of yourself.
1: <laughs> and but and that's the other thing like you'll fall over like this will work for a while and then it'll get hard the selfie yeah. thing for example I'm only just coming back around to it myself after 2 years of not being okay with what I look like because Yeah right. And yeah. every time I saw a photo of myself I just saw tired and sick and angry and sleep deprived and yeah. And so I stopped and you know coming back to I'm okay with my own photos tired bags and all, Mm. Um, but I, I really think that allowing this social consciousness as a part of my business has been, you know, the catalyst to then being, okay, I'm okay with all of myself again.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. I love it. Before well, thank time. you so much, Elle. <clears throat> I, You're and thank you. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to have this incredible podcast. I, every single week I get, and I, and I know we don't have like 100,000 downloads yet, yeah. but every single week I get a message on one of the platforms that says, like this week I got this lovely message saying, I've literally listened to 17 episodes all in one day because Woo-hoo. I couldn't stop. And so I was like, gorgeous. oh, my goodness, what's your favourite? And she was like, oh, it's so difficult to choose. I love this one. I love this know. one. I love the concept about enoughness. I love the feminism one. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Um, it,
1: it just, just makes, favorites.
0: yeah. So thank you. Thank you, thank you for allowing me to be so crisp.
1: You're very welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure and a total joy. And the women that you've had on the show have just been so gorgeous. So I'm very honoured to now be one of them and to be the one closing <laughs> out season one feels pretty big. So yeah,
0: All right, awesome. This has been So Crisp, and my guest has been Elle Roberts, owner of the Rare Seed Agency, designed to enable business owners to thrive by providing strategic direction and operational support. At the Rare Seed Agency, Elle and her team work with changemakers, risk-takers, creative entrepreneurs, and the Rare Seeds to help them regain control of their business. As a side gig, Elle also runs Artful Business Events, which delivers a biannual business conference dedicated to supporting creative, mission-driven, and out-of-the-box businesses, helping them sort out their money, marketing, and planning without losing the special sauce that makes them the force they are in the world. You may have noticed this is not a regular nuts and bolts podcast about business. We're looking for crisp new ways to discuss wordy elements. So if you have a suggestion, drop me a line for season two. May your day be as crisp as so crisp. The podcast brought to you by my love of words and labels, engaging my prerogative as a woman to question and challenge them and then change my mind and the team I have supporting me, including the flipping brilliant Elle Roberts.
1: And we're done. Thank you. Yay!
0: You've been listening to So Crisp with copywriter, copy coach and consultant Jay Crisp Crow. If you've loved this episode, get all the juicy details and links at crispcopy.com.au forward slash podcast. Make sure you never miss a bite by subscribing to So Crisp wherever you get your podcasts. Want to help us spread the deliciousness? Rate and review this show and share with your mates. Remember, if there's a copy question you want nibbled out, email me straight away right now.